the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Had an interesting July 4th weekend. Hope you did as well. Time to get back to work. Time to get back to Wall Street, taking a look at what's working, what's not working. Try to figure out why. I think uh, the market's digesting some of those jobs numbers that we got on Friday. Which I think more and more so, and we're looking at the jobs report, you know, it showed that the nation added 200,000 jobs in June, but we saw a lot of part-timers. The number of people unable to find full-time work rose sharply to 322,000, up to 8.2 million. Latest monthly payroll gains, once again, led by restaurants and bars. The leading hospitality industry accounted for a lot of jobs as well. Job creation. Those businesses, on average, offer fewer hours of work. Restaurants, bars, as well as hospitality and leisure as well. So it's not typically your 40-hour-a-week job. Taking a look at that, it shows you there's going to be some difficulty in our economy. It's not sugar plums. SP 500 is up 11. It's 16.43. Dow's up 117 triple digits. 15,253. NASDAQ up 12. It's at 34.91. So we have an interesting, you know, dilemma of employment and how that's playing with a 10 year treasury. Sitting at 2.66%, making a huge move in the last few weeks. Gold sits at $1,229 an ounce. A lot of people see it going to 1000 I see it 1200 But again, I'm basing mine off other people's that I trust, economic analysis. Oil, stubbornly high at $102 a barrel. All other commodities seem to be falling in pricing. Oil seems to be gaining. Mm, that's not good. Oil is a tax on our economy. It slows down our economy as people fill up their tanks and what they have left over. I think that statement's less true today than it ever has been, but it's still pretty darn true. Taking a look at some of the stories of the day, Disney saw its Lone Ranger movie trounced over the weekend. Taking in just $29 million in the weekend. Movie had a budget of $225 million. Now that doesn't mean the movie weekend was passive in any way, shape, or form. Despicable Me dominated. 3D animated film had a lot to celebrate. Pulling in an explosive $142 million. Pretty impressive. Uh, White House down. After Earth. Massive disappointments this year. 
each film costs $100 million less to produce than The Lone Ranger. Disney Studios had to halt production of The Lone Ranger in 2011 when the budget soared to $250 million. Studios has eventually reduced the cost to $225 million. Oh, right? Dell is on the watch list today. Investor Carl Icahn once again is aiming criticism at the computer maker. A letter addressed to both Dell stockholders and Dell special committee saying it's... Uh, he's attacking their business and the fact that they're not taking his alternative proposal. Alcoa is going to release earnings today after the close. J.P. Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo's. They're going to come out with earnings this week. So we're in earnings season. Facebook officially is rolling out its graph search to users today. BP British Petroleum. Three-judge appeals court panel considering the dispute over the multi-billion dollar settlement of the Gulf of Oil. Or Gulf of, uh, yeah, the Gulf of Oil spell. That's probably the best way of saying that. Blah, blah, blah. Microsoft is shutting down its MSN TV service at the end of September. The service, what's known as Web TV, was purchased by Microsoft for $503 million in 1997. Oof. So many fits and starts to all this, right? Thomson Reuters is suspending early release of its widely followed University of Michigan consumer sentiment data. They released it to claimants two seconds ahead of everyone else for a special fee so they could trade on that data. That's a pretty shady arrangement, all things considered. Uh, drawing some scrutiny. Right? You with me? Okay, you always got to pick a side when it comes to me. You're either with me or against me. Other stories of note today, things that we need to talk about. It's Monday. Uh, Wall Street is dealing with you know traders slowly coming back from summer vacations. So the June employment report, all averages gained at least 1%. Closing rush of buying interest on Friday, spilling over this morning. So there's been a spike in long-term interest rates. The rally has taken the S&P 500 through its 50-day simple moving averages, which has been acting as a level of resistance lately. The ability to clear that is seen by technical traders as a pathway to further gains in the near term. Cyclical sectors pace the advance, which is nice to see. Cyclicals like financials and tech. But trading volume has been light. So there's not a lot of conviction behind the move. There should be more bodies today on Wall Street. Like I said, vacations are starting to wind up. We're already starting to talk about back to school. Uh, European Central Bank, Mario Draghi, promising easy money for a long period of time. That's nice. Portugal's governing coalition is remaining intact. Um, the Greek bailout crisis is still there. It's not blown off track yet. So, very weak economic indicator today. Just consumer credit today at 3 p.m. Alcoa today after the market closes. Again, Alcoa doesn't really teach us all that much. It may show us where things are working better than others, parts of the world, but due to their lack of pricing power, you know, like the best thing you can say about 
Alcoa was a, a big play made out of aluminum. Ultimately, took a pretty hard hit, and people got off the plane safely. That's about all you can say about Alcoa right now. That doesn't exactly spur confidence, does it? To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about today. Don't forget, i got an event coming up in Marin in early August, San Rafael. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Taking a look today at what's working out of the gate. It's, it's a nice, positive open. Yields are retreating a little bit on the near treasury. Global markets were mixed. Asian stocks slumped. European stocks had gains. Strength today is consumer discretionary, energy, healthcare, financials, weakness in technology, and telecom. Let's take a bit of a break here. We'll come back. Start up the show officially. Here's Rob at robblack.com. Is how to email me. Rob at robblack.com. It's Rob Black and Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Heading to Antioch this morning. Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Asiana Airlines shares tumble today, trading in South Korea. They dropped 10% to open. By the end of the day, they had paired their loss to 5.8%. Saturday's accident killed two people, injured 182 forced the temporary closure of one of the country's largest airports. Survivors of the crash were being treated ultimately for injuries that ran the gamut from paralysis to severe road rash. In all, 182 people were hospitalized. 123 others walked away from the crash landing. Asiana Airlines stock getting hit. Boeing, not so much. I tend to think Twitter was a great source of information on Saturday. I tend to think Facebook's kind of useless. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We have the SP 500 up 10, the Dow up 102, the NASDAQ up 9. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, you are a financial planner. One of the things you try to do is bulletproof a retirement plan. One of the things that everyone knows is in retirement that long-term care insurance can be kind of expenses, expensive, but what are some of the other expenses people need to account for? Inflation. I mean, inflation is the biggest one. So, for example, a couple of years ago when Social Security um, had its first year where they didn't increase the benefit for people, right? Uh, we still had a double-digit uh, growth in costs for Medicare Part B. 
which comes right out of a Social Security check. Um, and then the year before that, there was a double-digit growth as well, um, which ate up more than the cost of living increase that was in Social Security. So inflation is the biggest one. When you're in your 80s, you don't eat out as much. You don't go on as many cruises and things like that. It's, so it's your health care costs that causes the biggest amount of inflation. So when I'm running a financial plan, most costs are going to run at 3 3.5% minimum right. uh, price increase in, in retirement. But you're, you've got to project out your health care costs and growing at 5 to 6%. With that said, that's not sexy. I think a lot of us delay thinking about retirement because retirement's not sexy. And then when we're in retirement, we really don't want to deal with these issues because yeah. it's, it's well, you know what I'm saying by sexy. It's just it's something we don't want to talk about. Well, the other thing is, is taxes that you've got to plan for. Taxes aren't sexy at all. Now, again, but, my assumption is I'm an old person. I'm not going to be paying a lot of taxes, but that's a false assumption. Well, yeah. I mean, if the dividend and Capital gains tax is a tax that's likely to increase. I yep. mean, capital gains were at 27% when I got into this business. And it, 10 years you know, after the, I got into it, we went in this huge bull market. So that's one tax. And the dividend taxes, which a lot of my clients are benefiting from the low tax rates on dividends and capital gains, that could change. It will change. Um, income taxes, the, the lowest income tax could go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sales taxes in the state of California, it's ridiculous. You know, if you have a million dollars retirement and anything you spend money on in retirement is nine and a half, ten percent 10%, you really only have $900,000 in retirement uh, just from the sales tax alone in the state of California. Or let's say you were a diligent saver, you ran a business, um, you've got a nice income in retirement. Well, guess what? Because of basically a success type of tax, you're going to pay twice as much for your Medicare Part B insurance than the guy next to you in the other house. How does that work? It's it's basically an income testing. They go, they go back and look at the last two to three years of income, and if you're over certain limits, you could pay two to three times as much more on your Medicare Part B as your neighbor. So the average person spends about 116 bucks a month on their Medicare Part B. You might be double that because yeah. your income's high. Our tax system is so broken in it's, the United States. It's ridiculous. I mean, you got everywhere from the earned income issue where if you don't make under a certain amount, you actually get paid, yep. right, which is where H&R Block makes a lot of their money by people that – you know, kind of play that system, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a very distorted situation. That's why, you know, dealing with some of these issues that we have, we've got to fix the tax code before we can fix the budgets in this country. But the thing that you really need to figure out, too, when you go into retirement and you're looking at bulletproofing your retirement is what are you really going to spend the first five years? Because most of the people that I see retire spend more money yeah. in the first five years if they're really going to have an enjoyable retirement. That might be a good idea, though, because the first five to ten years of retirement, you're still young and healthy and spry, and mm-hmm. then the next ten years, you start losing some stuff. That's right. So do those dream things that you want to do sooner than later, because like my mom, she's over 75, and she can't go to Egypt. She can't visit her grandkids. Like She can't do any of that. Working an extra two to three years and letting your 401k grow and your employer match kick in can make such a huge difference on enjoying that first five to ten years of retirement, really how you want to enjoy it. Or, you know, Maybe take some time off, some sabbaticals, but really project your expenses, how you really want it to be. And don't forget about certain things, too, in your expenses, like a new car every five to ten years. Yeah. Um, and a lot of women that I'm seeing now because of the unemployment for college students um, and kids right out of high school is helping your family. A lot of people yeah. are having to change their retirement plan because their kids are depending on them and moving back in. And uh, that's something that you have to think about, too. What are your family dynamics? Who are you going to have to help? I think from my retirement, I saw On Golden Pond. Did you ever see On Golden Pond? Oh, yeah. Henry Fonda. You old poop. I decided I don't want to be old. Like, yeah. I, I kind of want to go out before I'm 80. 
I want my light to, f- to flicker. That was a movie that should have never made a second movie on Golden Pond 2. Did they make it on Golden yeah, Pond 2? Yeah, terrible. I saw the porn version on Goldie Hawn. Not, <laughs> not very good. You might want to recheck that last statement. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's true. Wow. Anything else that we need to know? CFP Chad Burton with New Focus Financial. You should spend less time on the internet. It wasn't an internet. This was beta. I think it was Betamax. <laughs> oh my gosh, beta. Laser disc. That's no, okay, and for Did the, you invest in laser For the disc? record, I never saw that. <laughs> I probably heard a late night comedian like Dave Letterman talking about it, and I probably stole it from him when I was a teenage boy. Okay. There you go. I never saw it, I swear. Is that better? Yes. New car every five to ten years. Is that realistic for seniors? Uh, usually it's about every ten years. But a lot of times people retire and they've had the same car, so it's a rotating thing. You've got to look at your car, your spouse's car, and actually project in there what year they're going to be replaced, um, kind of what the trade-in value is and what the value of the new car is, and project that cost in there. And also uh, other costs like maintaining the house. You know, If you're going to live in the same house for a long time, you're going to be putting back. a new roof on, you're going to be remodeling every ten years, um, that type of thing. I don't know if a lot of seniors remodel every 10 years. I've been in their homes. And with that said, it's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. To get your calls in there, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, taking a look at the numbers, they're slightly positive. We're having a good start to the third quarter, but we're also in earnings season. We're going to look back at the second quarter and see how companies did. You see the S&P 500 is up 10, the Dow is up 105, the NASDAQ up 10. 10-year Treasury sits at 2.68%, a little bit of a reprieve from 2.7%, but not much. Gold sits at 12.32 an ounce, oil up slightly today, now it's pulling back as we go on in the market. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me at Rob at RobBlack.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. So a weekend plane crash. Details are starting to come out now that... Maybe the pilot didn't have very much experience in landing at San Francisco. Um, Asiana Air is going to hit pretty aggressively today, trading out of Asia, South Korea. But all the airlines got kind of hit, because I think that the concept is when we see that happen, a plane crash, maybe we delay some of our travel. Maybe the industry gets more expensive because they have to try to make sure they don't have another one. So there's some negative sentiment around the crash. There's also a big jump in oil prices in Egypt. Which one of those is driving airlines lower today? I don't know. United Continental's lower. Southwest. U.S. Airways. Boeing very, very, very slightly. Air Taxi also crashed on Sunday. 
in rural Alaska killing all 10 people aboard? I don't know. Those are the planes that I don't like getting on this, small ones. Big ones, eh. Safety record's there. And what a big win for the safety record of get off the plane fast. What's interesting or ironic or something worthy of note, I don't even know what, is as people are getting off the plane, they grab their luggage. Uh, your plane is going to catch on fire and it's going to turn into a fiery thunderball of death. Please don't grab your luggage on the way out. Yet people did. From the overheads. I know you're saying that's one of the crazier facts to emerge. Uh, one analyst today is calling for the 10 year Treasury to hit 4% when all things are said and done by 2016. That would be a very normal and healthy thing. You have to go way back to the time pre-9-11 to really start grasping what what did he just say that we're going to get back to he said something about the 10-year treasury back to 4% we've had a cheap monetary policy for a long period of time um, back in 2001 pre-9-11 we were about 6% on the treasury so to get to four percent would bring us basically to two thousand two levels. So you can still see we're we're a long way off from where we want to be at two point six six percent. Where we want to be somewhere probably between three and four. I don't know if there's a new normal in ten year treasuries notes that it's be three and a half percent for a formidable run. I can tell you the cost of money goes up. Okay, so I met a neighbor this weekend. Just to show you how the cost of money goes up. And they just moved in. Nice young family. I'm like, yeah, I was looking at your house four or five years. I'm like, you've been looking for a house for four or five years? That's a lot of work. That's a lot of stress on a family. And sure enough, she's like, yeah, I... You had a tree issue that I didn't like. So they bought five years later. Now, let's talk a little bit about that. What happened in those five years? We went from market lows to a lot of money chasing on a speculative level. They overbid by 20%. They told me what they paid for their price, the house, the home. And it's too much. Oh... Um, and all because of a tree. A tree that cost me $300 to take out because uh, it was dead. They didn't want to buy, ultimately making a $400,000 to $500,000 mistake. I had no bidders on my house. So the founder of Target, Douglas Dayton, he led the company's transformation pretty aggressively. A guy named Douglas Dayton, he's died at the age of 88. He's going to be buried in a coffin that has a bullseye target on it. So his wife confirmed his death over the weekend. Long battle with cancer. 88 years old. He is the youngest of five sons who took over his dad's Minneapolis department store in 1948. He did a little army infantry work in Europe, World War II. 
having worked for his father, you, you know, he sensed the threat of discount. He knew it was coming. So he got into it. So he is the uncle of the Minnesota governor right now? Yeah, the governor. So, I don't know. Worthy of note. When you have such a concept that has been so successful as Target and the leader, Patriarch, passes away, it's not that important at this point in time. The guy was 88 years old. He definitely wasn't doing day-to-day operations. But at the same time, you take your hat off and you go, he did a good job. I mean, he did something totally unique in America. Take your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800 800- Five one six twelve twenty. Temporary jobs are becoming a permanent fixture, and that's a little bit of a problem. Hiring exploding. Hiring is exploding in temporary work. Whether you're Walmart, or General Motors, or PepsiCo, freelancers, contract workers, and consultants. They account for nearly 17 million of the people who have tenuous ties to companies that pay them. You're temporary. About 12% of all workers are temporary in America. So, temps are jumping. I'm not going to say, like, they're coming out out of the woodwork. Timmy Geithner is becoming wildly popular on the speaking circuit. He's former something to do with the, with the president. In this case, he's the former Treasury Secretary. He had to endure one of the worst financial crises, crises that anyone could imagine. So did he deserve his tenure? Three speaking gigs pulls in about $400,000 for him. One speaking gig at Deutsche Bank pulled in $200,000 last month for him. That's a lot of money for speaking. You know, with that said, he, you know, sat through one of the worst things possible for a Treasury Secretary. I know you're saying, Mama, don't let your kids grow up to be starting pictures with the San Francisco Giants. Have your kids grow up to be Treasury Secretaries, right? Teach calls in the air, it's 800 516 1220. Andy Murray wins Wimbledon. The 77-year championship drought amongst British men is over. The London Times had a brilliant front page for their paper. It featured, you know, Andy Murray clinging to the side of a commentary box while the British crowd surges toward them. After 77 years, the wait's over. He threw a little bit of a hissy fit on his quarterfinals match. I love tennis players throwing hissy fits. I know you're saying, can you use hissy fits in a sentence? Oddly, I can. So Despicable Me zapped Disney's Lone Ranger over the weekend. Once again, showing you... Um... Once again, showing you, you know, the, the very, very uh, true nature of Wall Street being product-driven. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 
516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. A lot of uh, conversations about the movies out there. Let's take a look at how the yields are doing and what the stories of the day is. The story in the last month has been the 10-year treasury has soared. Since it's at 2.66%. Markets are doing very, very well in light of this. Historically, Wall Street does very, very well. There's stories on Bitcoin out there that are out there that I, I, I just don't want to do. I'd rather tell you that the story of this weekend, one of the things that I saw, a guy named Ron Barron, Barron Capital, great inflows into his mutual fund. Uh, money is running from bonds and gold. I think people investing in bonds can have significant capital appreciation over the next several years, he said in an interview over the weekend. He's like, that's why the average investor in mutual funds makes 3% per year, while the average mutual fund earns 7%. Everyone thinks they're advantaged by trading on news, and they're not. So he says the Dow Jones Industrial Average will hit 60,000 in the next 20 years. Now you'd go, that's a crazy number. The most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. He said Dow Jones will be 30,000 in 10 years and 60,000 in 20 years. He's recently bought some Hyatt and some Edwards Life Science, some Dick Sporting Goods, some Under Armour, and some Manchester United. You're this Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. One of the more interesting stories to break this weekend. Start with a great headline. Brazilian soccer fans decapitate ref after he stabs and kills a player. Wow, there's a lot going on in that headline, right? Soccer match in Brazil came to an unbelievably gruesome end when fans were outraged and they murdered a referee. It happened in northeast Brazil. 30-year-old uh, Jose Nier de Santos, he approached the referee, who was a 20-year-old. He argued a call. Uh, threw a punch at the ref. Ref takes out a knife. He was traveling with him and stabbed him. Player died. Now, that's when the player's friends and family rushed the field. They beat him. They stoned him. They lynched him. They quartered him. And they put his head on a spike. One man's been arrested. And that's probably the craziest thing you can talk about, right? In this day and age, to quarter a human being and then put their head on a spike. 
Ah, uh, I know what you're saying. Hey, it kind of spices up a boring game, huh? Another 1-1 tie. Had to do something to finish that uh, monotony. Cutting off a 20-year-old's head and putting it on a spike. That's some craziness. You think the stock market's crazy? It's not that crazy. We all learned a little bit about Kim Sears this weekend. 25-year-old English artist dating Andy Murray. Will they get engaged? Will they not? Did Andy Murray hug his mom? That's what everyone was talking about on Sunday. Saturday, it's plane crash. Wow. Yields retreating off last week's high is the story on Wall Street today. That's not very exciting, is it? It's not. So, I think I answered my own question. So, Dow going to hit 60,000 the next 20 years if it just does what born old Dow does. The S&P 500 is up 10, the Dow's up 109, the Nasdaq's up 8. Hmm. Global markets are mixed today. Consumer discretionary is doing well. Energy, healthcare, and financials. That's sort of what we want to see leading the market. Consumer discretionary. You don't need it, but you want it. Energy stocks are doing well. You don't need it, but you want it. That has to get created and made and delivered, and thus energy is consumed. Healthcare stocks probably tied towards last week's pretty late in the game change of Obama health care, affordable act care. And financials doing well. Again, that's exactly what you want to see right now. Cyclicals are leading. Text's a cyclical and it's not leading today. We've had a pretty good year. Teach calls in the air, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. It's eight hundred five one six 12, 20 teach calls in there. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I've um, got an email. and You can always drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. Starts out with Ray. Hi, I'm a reformed market timer in my 401k. 15 years ago, I thought I would be retired by now. Lesson learned. Anyway, hypothetical portfolio, 10 ETFs, 10% each, rebalance quarterly. With all the negative talk about bonds, do I keep rebalancing quarterly or do I drop my percentage of bonds? I try real hard not to market time, but I'm conflicted. Okay, Ray, I've never met a market timer worth a million dollars. I've never met a market timer who's turned a little bit of money into a lot of money. Do I buy bonds right now? I'm not a big bond fan, per se, but in all portfolios, there's some degree of safety. Bonds differ like gold and clay. Ten-year... Short-term, mid-term, long-term, corporate junk, bond funds. Oh, I think if you buy bond funds at the short term, if you're worried about appreciation, depreciation, if you're worried about getting into a depreciating asset, yeah, you, you protect yourself. Go short term. Um, I find it interesting that. You're a 401k player. <laughs> and that you know you could at market time, and yet you still want to play in that information. A big move's already happened on the 10 year treasury. No one is expecting a straight march to 4%. But 
But if we do, then our economy is probably doing pretty well. Um, it would be a good thing, but I'm not going to answer that for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, what is there? I'm trying to find some like interesting stuff for you. Oh, I'm doing a TV show today at 11 a.m. on Channel 4 Cron. Rob Black and your money. Tune in. I'm going to talk about investing in your 20s. But I'm also going to have a market expert talk about bonds. SP 500 up 9, NASDAQ up 3, the Dow's up 99. Hmm. Fed should start tapering in 2014, late 2013 is the expectation. Ben Bernanke will talk this week, and again, markets will listen. Whether you think it's silly or not, we're going to want to hint how much does he take out of his purchasing. If he's buying $40 billion a month, $80 billion a month, $60 billion a month, we want to know. Short term, it doesn't mean anything other than the economy is improving. I'm Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Facebook fan page, Cron 4 Rob Black. And YouTube channel, Rob Black Show. Jesus, his... Your place for great music and good, clean... Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, Stock markets. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Got a good show planned for you today. Uh, low oil prices on the horizon. Should be. Expect gas prices dropped to $3 nationwide. That seems crazy, right? When you live in the state of California. Declining consumption and surging production. Supply and demand. Um, are there any other stories to talk about today? Oh, yeah, for sure. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.65%. It's been a big mover. It's been a disruptor in the markets. Goldman Sachs says Treasury yields should hit 3% later this year, 4% by 2016. So as we've moved from the age of the ultra-low interest rate to the low interest rate, we're starting to head back towards a more normalized interest rate. 
So mortgages are heading higher between now and 2016. There's a game that we play of, should I buy now or should I wait for prices to fall? Should I buy now? Lock in my mortgage rate. I think mortgage rates are poised to move higher in the next three years. So buy what you can afford. Now, not all of us could afford because there's a lot of part-time workers out there. That's what we saw in the jobless numbers on Friday. A lot of temporary part-time workers. So the government reporting surprisingly good jobs numbers on Friday equals higher interest rates. Higher interest rates means you can buy less house, meaning you can buy less house means you stimulate the economy less. So weekly mortgage rates, which trend in the same direction as Treasury yields, recently pulled back. The average rate on a 30-year fixed hit a bottom in early May at 3.35%. Since then, it's increased one full percentage point. Now, play with those numbers in your head. And no, go do a mathematical experiment. Go Google a mortgage calculator and punch in 4.35% on a $600,000 home or 3.35%. And which rate looks more affordable to you as far as what you can pay on a monthly basis? Again, that's how we buy real estate in the United States. It's how much can I pay on a monthly you know, I want as much house as I can get for $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month, $4,000 a month. And then you get these scenarios where now Chinese buyers are flush with cash, and they're buying American homes, paying top dollar. Chinese buyers accounted for 18% of the $68 billion that foreigners spent on homes during a 12-month period ending in March. Chinese buyers buy more expansive homes than any other foreign buyer. $425,000 median price. A lot of the deals are done in all cash. There's an influx of Chinese home buyers who are obviously tied towards California because of proximity. And they're being sold to Chinese nationals. An agent with Caldwell Banker commented on it, and they turn out that they're buying trophy properties. So says she. She said she sold 10 multi-million dollar homes to Chinese nationals over the past 12 months. Real estate tycoons. Many of them spend less than half a year in the States. Despicable Me, number one in the box office over the weekend, by a lot. It was a bad day for Disney's Johnny Depp and Army Hammer for The Lone Ranger. Despicable Me was made on the cheaper side of an animated family fun movie. Universal produced Despicable for about $76 million. The original film got great reviews. The follow-up got pretty good reviews. And his little uh, minions are going to have their own movie spinoff next year. So they got a franchise there. Asiata Airlines shares tumbled down 5.6% on news out of Seoul that there was a plane crash this weekend in San Francisco. It looked pretty bad. The fact that only two people died is stunning. And it, it's a testament to Boeing. Candy Crush. Insanely popular app 
It's unmistakable. It's played by more than 600... It's played 600 million times a day. Whoa. It's bringing in an estimated $633,000 every day. It's number three in the App Store. It's one of the top games on Facebook. It's got 44 million monthly active users. It's highly addictive puzzles. Basically... Trying to line up three in a row. So, the makers of Candy Crush King, they're trying to pull an IPO this year. It doesn't have a lot of employees, and they're making a ton of money. So, the game could generate hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue per year, and that's why you would invest in the company. Andy Murray can make $20 million a year. He's the first British tennis player in 77 years to win Wimbledon. He's likely to double his off-court earnings because of winning Wimbledon. He lost to Roger Federer in the finals last year. He bounced back to get an Olympic gold. And he won the U.S. Open. So he's had a good little run. He's not just a one-time Grand Slam winner now. He's a multi-Grand Slam winner. And that makes him more valuable as a commodity. There's only so many Grand Slam winners, right? So this was kind of interesting. I uh, Many years ago, I met a client at her home, and uh, her partner kind of rushed me in and said, take a look at this. And my client had won the U.S. Open as part of a doubles or mixed doubles team. And she had that big plate of the U.S. Open to, to give them a plate, I guess, I don't know, casually sitting in the living room. I'm like, that's kind of cool to have it casually out. Anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. S&P, S&P Standard & Poor's is trying to defend itself about letting out information two seconds early. Two seconds before the market actually sees it. That's pretty ludicrous, how much money is made in two seconds. So the Justice Department says that, you know, Standard Poor's should pay $5 billion in a fine. Wow. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Facebook's graph search starts rolling out today in the United States. Kind of a blow to Google. Um, Facebook started to roll out the new search to U.S. users. Everyone using U.S. English have it in the next few weeks. So Wall Street's not that impressed by it. Wall Street's having a problem with Facebook. They don't mesh terribly well. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. You listen to Rob Black, your money on Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'll talk a little money with you. I'll give you some thoughts. If you borrow money to make money, you've done something magical. On the other hand, if you go in debt to pay your bills, or buy something you want but don't need, you've done something incredibly stupid. Stupid and short-sighted and ultimately life-changing are big phrases. You don't want to ultimately life change for the worse. If money is an emotional issue for you, you've just put your finger on a big part of a problem. I got an email earlier today where a guy said, I'm a market timer. I don't have as much money saved as I want it, or as much as I thought. People who build homes, they don't have an emotional problem with hammers. So you have to learn the market's a tool, just like a hammer is. You have to place your emotional problems where they belong in your relationships and not on money. The chances that a small-time investor is going to get lucky by time in the stock market or with incredibly opaque investment ideas, they're slim, fat, and none. Get real. SP500 is up 8, the Dow's up 86, the NASDAQ up 4. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton, he is the Ayatollah of rock and rolla when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks. <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one. Yeah, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees, because companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly, and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees? Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees, they wanted a 401k plan, so you started it, and a lot of times they started it with an insurance company. And the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the everything covered. And usually either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account. And they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask. Now, recent laws have said that, you know, as a 401k program is an offering, they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are. So this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13, where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k. So you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the Vanguards, the T row prices, the you know get low, no load funds, and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403 mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So if, for instance, in their district they don't have fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, I'd like to use fidelity, that provider has to be made accessible to them, which is kind of cool. You know, the, the, it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the 403B market because I used to be able to you know, take a, somebody's 403B and roll it over into another 403B so I could manage it at the right. custodian that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, people, you know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in. 
When we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power, and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah, and it's a much more competitive market now, so a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks, or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a just huge array of no-load funds that you can use, and almost nearly a flat fee or a per-participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account. So shop around. New Focus Financially has a 401k plan. Do you have any annual maintenance fees? We we have a per-participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company. What happens, and I was just trying to set a standard of uh, you know what people can expect out there, because mm-hmm. obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k trying to take care of their employees. Uh, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like, high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and they say, I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you got to get two to three or four people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. That's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule to make sure people are educated if you're going to offer a 401k, too, as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves on what funds are good and bad inside the program. Well, I work at Cron, and I could tell you that, and, you know, from talking to the teachers, I could tell you the HR departments, they're not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV stage, and then I see, you know, just these amazing just salespeople from just horrible companies come in. And uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds. And HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in doing. Yeah, and at least, you know, now if you're 55 or older and you have a 401k plan with a large amount and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA, um, at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up a, uh, your 800 number on your statement and say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to, to do it for you. That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover because it's a way for you uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, too, has to do with, uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have, and the bond choices are awful. Okay. And this is the hardest area to manage right now, and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years is interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over. Anything else that we need to know? Uh, you know, just on your 401ks, too, it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through an automatic rebalancer or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio. I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. I kind of like let it accumulate. But there's a button that auto rebalance. Yeah, you can auto rebalance every one once a year, twice a year, every quarter. Okay. And mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps and it's saying let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It's just yeah. It, okay. it causes you to, to to sell high and buy low. There you go. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. You can find me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Little Pearl Jam taking us to break. Great album, 10. I mean, oof. It's one of those, do you remember when you heard it the first time? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. We'll take a break here on the Wall Street Business Network. to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Spent a large part of my weekend putting stain on a fence. I think if you're going to pay a lot of money for a fence, you should take good care of it. It's just a way of handling money that you either have or don't have. I'm always stunned by people who have absolutely, positively no ability to handle money. And I was hinting this going to break, of that you've got to get good at handling money. You've got to get good with some really simple concepts on finances. And if you can't, you're doomed to fail. So desperately try to figure it out. Um, what you're good at and what you're not good at when it comes to money. Boeing 787 nightmare over. Didn't hurt the stock. Boeing 777 has had a couple crashes now in the past few years. Not hurting the stock. Will it eventually hurt the stock? Maybe. But we don't know. That's something you have to be cautious on, of trying to be so smart that you're trying to be right. As far as simplifying your money knowledge, you know, you, you should be able to write down what money means to you. You should be able to write down what investing is to you and why, and your understanding of it. If you're just kind of approaching it off the hip, I think you're making a mistake. Making money in our culture feels like winning. And winning feels like the point of living. Within very wide bands, more money doesn't make people happier. Learning how to think about money that does. I'm thrilled that I get to do a financial media show for you. And I'm thrilled that a lot of you listen. In the long run, doing work that's important leads to happiness. More so than doing work for profit. 
So find something that's important to you and pursue that passion. It's advice I would give a kid. Rich guys busted for insider trading weren't risking everything to make more money for the security that it could bring. The insatiable need for more money is directly related to not being clear about what ultimately brings security. Like a lot of people on that path, they have neither money nor security. A lot of people have gone poor. And you're like, he was worth $10 million. And he, why did he try to get greedy and make more? Because he doesn't understand it. The chances of a small-time investor get lucky by timing the market or by using really vague investments, slim, fat, and none. I've seen more people lose their shirts than make business suits, if you know what I'm saying. So never confuse money with security. There are a lot of ways to build a life that's more secure, starting with stories you tell yourself, the people you surround yourself with, the cost of living you embrace. Money is a way of feeling secure for sure, but money doesn't deliver security. The people around you, the stories that you create in your life do. Never sign a contract or make an investment that you don't understand, at least as well as the person on the other side of that deal. So, a lot of people have a job. And when you have a job, I, I think that's great. But now you need to figure out how to earn extra money in your spare time, whether it's through investments, freelancing, selling items, buying a side business, a couple extra hundred dollars into the stock market into an income fund. You need to have that extra money. Money has its own vocabulary, which you may not be aware of. So you have to learn the phrase opportunity cost. What's it mean? Investment, debt, leverage, basis points, sunk costs. When you learn terms, you learn more about money and what it means to you and, and how to handle it. Again, money's not for emotional people. Football, watching television. I'm starting to get angry at our San Francisco 49ers. No, no, I'm starting to get angry at our San Francisco Giants because they're just not winning. And it's killing me to see a lead blown or an opportunity loss. That's where I get emotional in sports. I get emotional in family issues. Get out of debt as fast as you possibly can is great advice for credit cards. Not so much great advice for mortgages. Credit card companies make more profit than just about any other companies in the world. So... I invest in credit card companies because I know people are going to run debts. But at the same time, I'm also wise enough or aware enough to not get emotional about it and not to carry a credit card debt. Money spent on one thing is the same as money spent on something else. So $500 in needless fees in your life you're like giving a $500 tip at McDonald's, which doesn't make sense. So money doesn't make you a good person or a bad person. You just have to understand that a lot of people have misunderstandings of money. You have to kick that habit. You have to get educated on the stuff if I die. It's up to you to like be responsible for you. So Egypt has a lot of turmoil going on right now. 
and that's caused the price of oil to spike up a little bit. I like to refer to Egypt as having a 2,000-year problem. Now, what's that mean? Right? Um, Over in the Middle East, they've been throwing sticks and stones at each other for 2,000 plus years. Literally a biblical conflict. Time of the Bible, okay? Old book. They've been throwing sticks and stones at each other in the Middle East. What you worry about is not so much what's happening in Egypt, but what you know potentially could happen with a nuclear strike. Do I think that'll happen in my lifetime? I do believe there'll be another nuclear strike in my lifetime. Am I conspiracy nut? Maybe I am there. We need to get Jack Bauer on the story. He's coming back for Fox. They're bringing back 24, but I think it's only going to be 12 this time. That's how many episodes they've bought. So. so jitters of the oil market are out there. There's a big election year in Virginia on the governor's race, which was a swing state. So that's something we're starting to pay a little bit of attention to going into 2014. There's a Republican attorney general and a Democrat, Terry McAuliffe, a former chairman of the Democratic National Committee. Politics can definitely affect your portfolio. We're starting to hit some of the bigger sequester cuts now, where government employees are going to get furloughed one day a week for like 20 weeks or something along those lines. We're starting to deal with a concept called the pain trade. What is the pain trade? Keep in mind, we had the low cost of money era just recently spike up and change. The pain trade is when assets jump in a different direction. It causes the most amount of pain to the most amount of people. Pain trade has the move higher in equities. Being long bonds would be painful. A lot of people are calling it a major title shift. Normally, you view that investors should be you know, scared of a higher moving near treasury, but again, we're getting back to more normalized levels based on job growth. Job growth creates paychecks. Paychecks create, you know, Paycheck drains. We live paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck means you're supporting an economy. Not everyone, but you get the basic idea of where I'm trying to go with that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. There's a lot of silly little things you could do to become a much better long-term investor. Like I said earlier today, how you look at money is important to how you succeed in life. This weekend I spent a large part of the weekend you know, putting on a stain on a fence. I bought the property five years ago. Honestly, I should probably stain it every two years. But every three to five is kind of where I'm at. It's protected an investment. Fences aren't cheap. Go take a look at the cost of one. We used to live in an era where you didn't have to have a fence with your neighbors, but I guess you do now, huh? Price of lumber's down. Asiana Airlines stock lower in South Korea. Typically, that's a good time to buy. Like, remember the oil spill in the Gulf? Stock fell. Now, the stock's up big since then. 
So taking advantage of a disaster? Oof. I can't tell you to do that, but it's a concept. You're talking to Rob Black, or you're listening to Rob Black. Call me, 800-516-1220. It's Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Tenth of a percent. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. If so, if so, we know we'll be coming. If so, if so, we know we'll be coming. If so. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the more interesting facts or statistics that came out of Despicable Me's big opening weekend was that 27% of its audience was made up of Hispanic Americans. I'm not stupid enough to go, gee, minorities go to the movies too? If you take a look at the trailer, it's introduced by Benjamin Bratt. He introduced the preview speaking in Spanish. You probably couldn't cut such an advertisement with the film's original voice for the role of the Spanish would-be supervillain, El Macho, Al Pacino. There's a weird dichotomy of an industry desperate to attract overseas box office dollars, yet seemingly unwilling or unable to actually give actors, actresses of color, prominent leading roles in major productions. I look at... the demographics for investment angles. So Javier Bardem passed on the role being voiced by Hispanic American Alfredo Pacino. Al Pacino. No one really knows why. Pacino's work was replaced at the very last minute by Benjamin Bratt who was now of course featured in the advertising campaign. Hispanic American characters in a tentpole studio release. You know, they're desperate for international, but American audiences are growing in Hispanic viewers. Race bending is part of Hollywood. Ben Affleck cast himself as CIA agent Tony Menendez in Argo. Mimi Leader turned Pay at Ford's black protagonist into Kevin Spacey. Certainly different, if not worse, example of that. MGM had to redub Red Dawn to make the previously Chinese foreign invaders into North Koreans so as not to offend China. China's got a big television movie audience, right? So rarely does the reverse happen where you get a white or a black African-American playing the part of a white voice. It's crazy to think of how much Hollywood has to bend, and does bend, to foreign audiences. So, let's take a look at what's happening today. Yields have kind of paused after having a huge spike move. Long-term treasury yields retreat off last week's highs. Weakness in Asian indices contribute to safe haven U.S. Treasury buying. 
Europe is, you know, registering some broad gains today. The Dow Jones U.S. Home Construction Exchange Traded Fund, ticker symbol ITB, which is an iShare, is trading higher after getting crushed. Mortgage rates have moved higher. They're poised to move higher again. Avondale downgraded Union Pacific today. That's contributing to some of the underperformance in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And it's all relative, right? Dow's up 81, sitting at 15,217. NASDAQ's up fractions. SP 500 up 8. Stocks are climbing. S&P, Dow are near their all-time highs. We're having a very good year on Wall Street. The advances on Wall Street have reassured investors who were worried about that strong jobs report. Raising interest rates. <clears throat> the strong jobs report came out Friday. And there was some theme to dislike about it. The number of people working that want to work more continues to increase. So we're underemployed as a nation. Not just unemployed. So higher interest rates have spiked on the, those jobs numbers. They're good enough. Now, again, we're dealing with sequestration. We're dealing with higher income taxes, Social Security taxes. we got some issues out there, to say the least. Analysts are boosting the S&P 500 target by 11%, even though there's a reduction on earnings growth. Now, part of what I like is that we're hiring more part-time workers. Corporations are managing their costs so that they can earn what they need to earn. Today we get Alcoa reporting numbers after the market closes today. Alcoa will give us an insight into corporations, into what's working well in Asia or not, in Europe and the United States. So we know that the second quarter is going to be the weakest of the year. First quarter benefits a little bit from that, you know. Start of the year, big influx of cash into corporate accounts that has to get spent. Fourth quarter benefits from Christmas. Third quarter tends to benefit from back to school. Second quarter, eh, not so much. So the S&P 500 has rallied 60% in the last three years. Its P.E. is below its long-term average of 18.6. People do see some upside on the markets just based on valuation. So if you raise the S&P 500 index earnings multiple to 16.4, which is about 20, it's about 12% less than historical averages, it tells you that we have some upside just if we get back to slightly under historical averages. We have a lot of upside if we get back to corporate averages over time. There's a big tie between confidence and multiples. Confidence when the SP 500 is trading where it is today is at a low. As we continue to push that valuation up, we get too confident and it becomes a problem. So we still have some upside. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 516 1220. I'm going to take a little bit of a break here. Come back in 22 hours. State class in San Francisco, Bay Area. Love you. Take a little bit of a break. Be back tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.